This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Rise above and be in control with today's business headlines, driven by Volvo Cars. 7.48am, it's Tuesday, November 27th. I'm Tan Chung Han with me, Melissa Idris, on this uh, yeah, on a cold and rainy morning. Thank you so much for joining us, though. And you can always keep us company. WhatsApp us 018-789-8899 or you can tweet us at BFM Radio. Folks, uh, heads up, after the 8am news bulletin, like we do on most weekdays, unless if it's a public holiday, uh, we have the Breakfast Grill. And this morning, we are going to have uh, Dato Vincent Chu. He He's the Managing Director for Subway Malaysia. And uh, Joyce Go will be speaking to uh, 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 him. Um, you know, this is a story about how uh, Subway, uh, when Dato Vincent, I think, first bought the master franchise uh, for Subway back in December 2004, he just had two stores, mm. two Subway stores. Now they have got over 250. So I believe they're going to dive into that exponential growth of the Subway brand here in Malaysia. Yeah, look, I mean, this has been, this uh, Subway has been in Malaysia for about a decade now. So you're right from two stores to 250 stores. Uh, and it's really kind of made its name or, or um, found its way to the hearts and stomachs of Malaysians, <laughs> right? But the funny thing is abroad, um, you know, especially in its uh, home U.S. market, the brand has seen the its fortunes fade a little mm-hmm. bit. So the question is whether it can sustain itself here uh, in Malaysia. Right. Uh, yeah. Subs are shrinking over there. All right. So again, that's on the Breakfast Grill. Dr. Vincent Chu, Managing Director, Subway Malaysia, after the 8 a.m. News Bulletin. All right, folks. So we have some news that just broke earlier this morning. Genting Malaysia is suing Walt Disney and 21st Century Fox why? This is because the latter two are pulling out of the agreement to sponsor that keenly awaited Fox World theme park in Genting Highlands. You now, sound so disappointed. I know. <laughs> because I've been wanting that theme park here for the longest time. I'm a fan of roller coasters, okay? So I've been wanting, you know, a decent roller coaster here in Malaysia. I don't know if this legal suit will actually delay those plans. You know, I need my adrenaline uh, thrills. Okay, driving a Malaysian road is not enough, is it? No. <laughs> <laughs> All right, okay. So Genting, they're seeking more. So Genting Malaysia, this is. Uh, they're seeking more than $1 billion in, t- in damages. And according to Gunting's complaint, which was filed um, in a federal court in LA on Monday, Fox had been perfectly happy to have a, a, a theme park that was in close proximity to the casinos of Resorts World Gunting. But then Disney wants no ties in gambling uh, to a gambling company because of all, you know, Disney is branded to be a family-friendly um, uh, brand. So they, they feel that that is not um, true to their brand. And it's... Uh, I guess interesting because how this came to be is because a Fox had entered into a licensing agreement with Gunting back in 2013. Mm-hmm. And um, it was going to be the first Fox-branded theme park in the world. And Gunting is supposed to own and finance that company completely. But then, of course, uh, we also have the issue of... Um, Disney wanting to call the shots because uh, Disney acqu- plans to acquire Fox, uh, 21st Century Fox's entertainment assets, right? right? So this is when Disney comes into the picture. Look, Mickey and Minnie can't have a date in the casino. Like, that's fine. No one's going to judge them. Good God. Anyways, uh, so Gunting had apparently invested some 750 million US dollars in the park, uh, which is due to open next year. Uh, you know, so, but we'll see how this legal tussle will actually, uh, you know, or if it will risk the 
the opening timeline for that park. Now, this complaint had also stated that Fox and Genting were in the process of renegotiation, particularly over the delays in the park's completion. Now we know. Uh, and uh, they had wanted to get a share of the gate revenue as well. That Fox, oh. uh, Tama, uh, Fox. Well, okay, so this is quite interesting because in the beginning, it, it was actually a, a renegotiation of the terms. Mm. But now when Disney is in the picture, Disney is starting to call the shots. It's no longer a, a renegotiation of the terms. It's actually termination. So yeah. the deal's well, off the table. Well, not just that, right? So, I mean, it's not just the reputation risk. You know, Gunting, uh, sorry, Disney doesn't want to be seen near this casino. But initially, it was, again, like you mentioned, Gunting wants to own and finance the park. Mm-hmm. Fox just gets a cut of the revenue from food, beverages, and retail. Then now they're wanting a slice of the gate revenue as well. So a bit much, lah, maybe. Uh, you know, so it's, yeah... Um, while this will be played out in the uh, courts over there in the US, uh, keep in mind that back in December 2017, it was announced that the Walt Disney Company had intended to acquire 21st Century Fox's entertainment assets. Yeah. So hence this uh, conflict here. Yeah, so you know, what, what they're buying essentially would be the uh, film and TV studios, the uh, stakes in Nat Geo, a National Geographic partners, also a 30% stake in Hulu as well. Mm. Uh, but you know, coming back to Malaysia, this is quite interesting interesting because um, the casino license will be increased to 120 million ring uh, from 120 million to 150 million ringgit every year while licenses for dealer machines will be increased uh, from 10,000 to 50,000 every year in terms of the gambling tax right so that was announced in budget 2019, budget 2019 yeah yes. so going into 2019 you don't just have that uh, higher gambling tax but also this this lawsuit license, yeah, yeah. Uh, well and this lawsuit with uh, Disney and 21st century Fox as well how does this play out into the outlook for Genting? I mean, already their share prices had dropped after the budget announcement. So we'll see how Genting's share prices perform in about an hour or so from now when the local bourse opens. All right, uh, moving on then from uh, th- this story. We- we've got to talk about Malaysia's announcement yesterday to move forward its uh, B10 mandate. That's the biodiesel mandate. Initially, uh, speaking about budget 2019, it was slated for next year. But according to the announcement by the Primary Industries Minister, YB3 Sarkok, it will start this weekend, so December 1st. Mm, so this is, uh, so let's make the distinction, right? There is, um, I guess, a biodiesel mix, uh, biodiesel mandate for the transportation sector, and there is one that is for the industrial sector. Mm. So right now, we're at B7 for the transportation sector, and we want to move up to B10. Mm-hmm. Um, and then for the industrial sector, we're at B5, and we want to um, move up to B7. So essentially what th- these terms mean is just the composition of biodiesel, right? Mm. How much palm oil we use in a mix in the biodiesel uh, program. The idea also is to have a higher bio, uh, biodiesel content by... Uh, to support the palm oil industry, yeah. we're we're having we have quite a significant amount of um, inventory stockpile for our palm oil. So I think this is one way to I guess maybe help uh, reduce that stockpile. Yeah, no, given that there is weaker global demand there out of our major trading partners, or at least the major buyers of uh, palm oil, Malaysia's palm oil, not just India, not just China, but of course there's the move by the European Union right uh, to stop imports of the uh, anti palm oil sentiment that's yeah, rising there. You know, yeah, that's right. So you know, 
know, that is resulting in the, the stockpiles here in Malaysia just growing, growing, growing. So how do they take away uh, or at least try to reduce that stockpile? One way is by moving forward this B10 rollout date. But you know, Han, this isn't a new story. For as long as I've been yeah. on the morning run, I've been talking about B10 or B7 yeah. or B5, right? The, the question is, why is it important now? Um, and yeah. I think right now we're seeing the confluence of factors, right? Uh, the as you mentioned, the uh, stockpile has grown. The p- prices of palm oil have tanked. The fact that Indonesia is now producing palm oil at a cheaper, faster rate than us. They have zero, lev- uh, zero levy on, on exports of palm oil. So that makes their palm oil cheaper. And, you know, it's, it's just a slowdown in global growth. So what used to be our go-to guys, China, India, to buy our palm oil, we can't really bank on them anymore. Mm, um, right. so, so we had to look at other avenues. Yeah, so being domestic consumption here. Now, uh, what's ironic is that uh, this move is supposed to be supportive of palm oil prices. Yet, yesterday you got palm oil futures falling below that psychologically important 2,000 ringgit per metric ton mark. It uh, fell 3.5% yesterday. We'll see how palm oil futures uh, do today here. But you know that drop in palm oil futures was, uh, well, according to market analysts, due to Indonesia's announcement that they are going to uh, zero-rise their CPO tax over there. So that appears to have a greater bearing on palm oil prices. Yeah, look, you know, Singapore, uh, sorry, excuse me, Indonesia right now, they, they are at B20, right? Yeah. So we're looking at B10. They're, they're already doing B20. Yeah. So there you go. They're, they're also, their domestic consumption of palm oil is quite high yeah. as well. So, so we've covered several things, right? So on one hand, the justification, again, reducing stockpiles and trying to be supportive of palm oil prices because obviously various stakeholders are involved here, not just the big palm oil players, but also the uh, small, uh, uh, the small, smaller plantations as well and all across the value chain, right? But then also, I think when it comes to, again, this B10 mandate is specifically for the transportation sector yeah. starting this not weekend. Not industrial. Yeah, not industrial for transportation sector. So question is, are the uh, local engines or the engines here in Malaysia, you know, are they ready for B10? Because I recall covering this story, you know, back in 2015 and back then there was plenty of noise from all these automakers saying, no, this will ruin our engines. No, we're not compatible. There was a, a, a lot of pushback. This time around, I don't know if there have been um, sufficient technological advancements yeah. or, you know, things have changed. We have we have heard some pushback but nowhere near the volume that I recalled back in 2015. For sure, yeah. I think there's definitely concerns by automakers about the technical challenges when running its diesel engines on the bio, uh, the B10 biodiesel, right? Uh, there's been concerns that it could cause uh, engine damage. But it's, I think it's also worth noting, Han, that DBKL uh, worked with the Palm Oil uh, Board, the MP, um, MPOB, and they did a long-term field test of the B10 biodiesel. Mm. So they clocked up over 3 million kilometers in about three and a half years without any breakdowns. Hmm. So, uh, and that test had included 50 vehicles of various sizes and engine capabilities. So they really wanted to debunk that, um, that myth of, you know, it could harm engines. Right. And yesterday, the Morning Run team here reached out to several automakers. Uh, well, uh, quite a few of them didn't want to comment. Don't know why though, but uh, we got a comment. Because it's to do with regulators and being supportive of 
policy, and I can imagine you don't want to sound like you yeah. are going against the um, you know a policy by the government. But if it does impact your business, I say yeah, you know, raise those concerns. Right. No, uh, I mean because if I'm if I'm a customer and if I have one of their engines, I want to know. I want to get assurances from these automakers. Well, hey, you know, will B10 be compatible with my vehicle? Right. I need to know. I need to be reassured. Well, we got that a uh, kind of assurance from Volvo Trucks Malaysia. Th- thank you to our friends over there. Uh, you know the uh, MD of Volvo Trucks Malaysia, Mitch Pedden, uh, has said that Volvo trucks with Euro 3 and 5 engines manufactured in 2002 and later are compatible with B10 biofuel. So thank you, Volvo Trucks Malaysia, for getting back to us here on The Morning Run. BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Keeping you on track for peak business performance with the new Volvo XC40, the expression of innovation. Volvo, made by Sweden. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.